0: Welcome to episode 44 of the podcast. It's Jessica. So glad you're here. First week of December, guys. This season is <laughs> already in full swing, and I'm happy to report my Christmas shopping is done. I'm one of those people that like shops throughout the year, and then there's a few last-minute things that I pick up in the actual Christmas season. It really works well for me, and it helps spread out you know, paying for all those things and everything, and it's kind of nice to be able to walk through the stores and not need. So anyway, hope you guys are enjoying the holiday season, whatever that means to you. I have a fantastic guest today. Jamie Kugelberg is here today chatting about her life experience as a mom. She has two little ones, a four and a two-year-old, and in between their pregnancies, she had a miscarriage at 16 weeks along, which really rocked her world. She found a lot of healing through the writing process, and she created a a planner called the Agave Planner. Which helped her to process through her feelings and helped her to create the life that she was meant to live. She has a really inspiring story and now loves sharing it to help other women who have walked a similar path with grief and who want to be intentional about the life they're living going forward. So enjoy my conversation with Jamie Kugelberg. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Jamie Kugelberg today. Hi, Jamie. Hi. Well, I had a lot of friends named Jamie growing up, but come to think of it, I don't think I've ever had a Jamie on the podcast, which is kind of weird because it's a pretty common name, like Jessica, you know? Yeah, it is a really common name. Yeah, for our generation and stuff. All my friends were named Jessica, Jamie, and Ashley, basically. (laughs) My sister's name is Jessica. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, awesome. Well, I am so excited that you reached out and shared the amazing journal that you created with me. I think it is so beautiful and so practical. And we're going to talk about how this journal came to fruition for you and everything. Um, But for people that don't know you yet, Jamie, will you give a little background on yourself and your family?
1: Yes. So I am 34, almost 34 years old, living in L.A., Um, My husband and I have been married for eight years, and we have two kids. My son, Nels, is four, and my daughter, Bixby,
0: is almost two. What cute names. You did not go with the standard on that one. No more Jamie and Jessica (laughs) names for you. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. And – If you're like me and many, many women, when we go into wanting to be married and to start our family and stuff, we kind of have a vision of how it's all going to unfold. And even I liked the show Seventh Heaven growing up. Did you ever watch Mm -hmm, Seventh Heaven? Totally. You did it. Yep. And so I loved their boy, girl, girl, boy, girl lineup. I thought that was just great. And that's what I thought sounded like, okay, I'll just do that, right? And I'll (laughs) probably get pregnant when I want to and have the order of children. Well, I have three boys and uh, we're not going to keep going and going and going for the girl. And my seventh heaven order screwed up anyway. So (laughs) throw in the towel now. (laughs) Did you have kind of a vision of what you were hoping for for your family and how did things start to unfold for you? Yeah, I think, um, well, first of
1: all, I thought, I thought I would get married like straight out of college. Um, And so when I was kind of nearing the end of college and didn't have a boyfriend or any prospects and all my friends were getting married, that was really hard. Mm. Um, And so I think, you know, timing has always been, things haven't always happened in my timing. And then my husband is two years younger than me. So when we got married, you know, I was kind of, even though I was still, I was 25 when we got married. So we were still really young, but I was ready to have kids and he was not. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I had to wait and things didn't always happen in my timing, but, I think too, you know, I, I was very close with my family growing up. We had a very loving family and I knew that it was, that I was very fortunate, um, to have that. And I really, really just wanted to create my own loving family and to kind, to kind of share that love. And just, I pictured a family with just so much love and I definitely have that, you know, I didn't happen in the timing or in the way that I thought but you know when you picture you know your kids and and loving them you you think of or I think of you know snuggles and kisses and these beautiful special moments but love doesn't always look like that you know Mm -hmm. sometimes just last night my son had an accident so love looked like being up at four o'clock in the morning doing laundry or um, dealing with tantrums and, and things like that. So it's, I definitely, I have the things that I want, um, that I wanted, but it didn't, it doesn't always look the way that I thought. It's not always wrapped up in this pretty special bow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, certainly not. And I think the more we can just own that, and not fight against it, the more happiness we can find in whatever our normal and our outcomes truly are. And when you keep going back to, but it doesn't look like this, or my husband doesn't do this, or I don't have this many kids, or I, you know, didn't get married in my 20s and I'm grieving that, whatever it is, the longer you hold on to what isn't, the less you are capable of embracing what is.
1: Yeah, and just find. Finding the gratitude for what you do have. And and I always think about, you know, the life that I have and and the the life that I pictured. And even though it's not this perfect thing that I pictured, I couldn't have imagined how great it is. You know, my Mm. kids aren't perfect. They're not perfectly well behaved. My son is wild and crazy and my daughter is sassy and really stubborn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... That's so wonderful. Um, Even though it's hard sometimes, I couldn't – I wouldn't want it to be perfect because then it wouldn't have all of the magic and adventure that it does have.
0: I like those terms. Yeah, I think think that's a wonderful way to approach life. And you're right. I mean, there is so much joy and happiness in the midst of everything. And while it may not have been your ideal to wake up at 4 a.m. to change sheets this morning – to be able to, you know, be grateful that you even have the opportunity to do that, and to have the opportunity to choose to stay calm or to freak out about it, right? Like <laughs> you have to acknowledge what you can control about the situations that are uncontrollable, right? And, yeah. and choose and choose wisely, and choose intentionally. I love that. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank one of our show sponsors, and that is Bloom. So I have a personal question for you. How would you rate your deodorant? For you, or in my case, for my kids? My fourth grader, my son, he's already getting kind of stinky, right? And we were trying some deodorants and I felt like it was just masking the smell of body odor. Can you relate to that, right? Well, I didn't think there was a better alternative until I discovered Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom. Hug Me is a natural deodorant, which I was totally a fan of and looking for, but I wanted to make sure he didn't stink all the time, right? So you're probably thinking, well, the natural deodorants don't really work. Well, that's what I thought, but Hug Me is different, and you can try it yourself. It has helped out Parker so much. It is his go-to every morning, and I make sure he puts it on before school so this his teacher does not have to endure any smelly kid from the back row, right? Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom, that's B-L-U-M-E, is made with probiotics and the probiotics encourage your body to make more good bacteria and as a result, your body produces less bad bacteria and so the B.O. doesn't exist. That's why this actually works better than others. Also, we all know how bad other mainstream deodorants are. They contain aluminum, which gets absorbed into our bloodstream, and has been linked to cancer. This deodorant by Bloom, it's rated the best deodorant ever by the New York Post. Hug Me by Bloom keeps you feeling fresh and super huggable, and right now, our listeners will get 25% off their first stick and free shipping when you go to bloom.com slash EMP. That's bloom.com slash EMP for 25% off your first stick and free shipping. If you don't love it and feel amazing when you wear it, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. That's B-L-U-M-E dot com slash E-M-P. Thanks so much to Bloom for sponsoring the show. Now let's get back to it with Jamie. So you did have your first child and you started growing your family. And then you went on to have two miscarriages. Tell me about that experience. I have not personally had a miscarriage. And so I've talked to a lot of people who have. But until you've walked that road, I think it is kind of hard to understand. And everyone has a different experience with it. So we kind of walked me through that season for you as you really wanted to continue growing your family. And you had two losses. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, we were... Probably
1: about when my son was one, we were ready to start to try to have another child. And thankfully, you know, we did, we have never had a problem getting pregnant, which is really a blessing. And I acknowledge that that's not a blessing that everybody has. And we got pregnant really quickly. And I think just from the, right from the beginning, I knew that something was wrong. Um, my pregnancy with my son, even though it was uncomfortable and I don't really like being pregnant, but it was very easy. Everything was always very healthy. There was no problems or concerns and just, I, I don't know what it is, but I just had a feeling right from the beginning that something was wrong about, um, about my second pregnancy. And, you know, I we would go to the hospital a lot because I was having some spotting and they would always tell me like, it's, everything is fine. Everything is normal. This is normal. And I just, I remember telling my husband the first time we went to the emergency room, um, I think I was only like five or six weeks pregnant, very early. And I just told him like, I don't, I just have a bad feeling. I don't think that, I don't think that we're going to have this baby. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I kept trying to have hope. And then at 16 weeks pregnant, um, we lost our son, Owen. Um, We had found out that he was a boy and I mean, he, he was so healthy Mm -hmm. seeming throughout the whole thing. I, and we still, we don't know what happened. We don't know what went wrong. Um, but it was horrible and it was, it was devastating. I think all grief is hard, but especially what I have found to be hard about grieving, um, in a miscarriage is that there's nothing tangible to grieve. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. any memories. You don't have any special objects that were, you know, that remind you of, that person, you just, you have just a bunch of lost hopes and things that you wished would have come to be, and they didn't. And that was really hard for me to, for me to grieve. Um, I remember I I was trying to, in processing my grief and in trying to deal with it, I was, I was making like a little shadow box with some things that they had given us in the hospital um, as a memorial to, to Owen. And I remember standing in the fabric store, trying to pick out what fabric was going to go on the back of the little shadow box. And I couldn't choose, I couldn't choose the fabric. And I just had this realization that this was one of the only things I was going to get to do for him Hmm. is choose this fabric. And even though it was silly, like what is, it doesn't matter what the fabric is, but it was so important for me to just choose the the perfect fabric because I just, it was the only thing I was going to ever do for him. Uh And just little moments like that, that were, you know, just, they held so much meaning because there wasn't anything else for me to hold on to. And, It was also very hard because my sister and I were pregnant at the same time and so our due dates were days apart from each other and so you know I lost my baby and she stayed pregnant and throughout that whole time just kind of trying to you know wanting to feel the things that I was feeling and allow that to be okay and my sister is one of the most like selfless people in the world. And she was so wonderful throughout that and grieving that with me and being so sensitive. But I had to make a choice to choose to be, um, to choose to see it as a gift that I would always have my niece as a memory of the son that I, that I lost. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that would, I would choose, I chose to make that a special thing rather than a painful thing. Hmm. Um so that we could maintain our close relationship. Yeah. That's and I, I think that what was so because I I've had a relatively like very easy life. Um and but this is kind of my first experience with struggle and with hardship and with loss. And what was so wonderful, um, even in all the pain, was how much People just surrounded us with love. So many people that I didn't even know had lost a child came around us, shared their stories with us, um, allowed us to grieve and just just to even reach out with a Facebook message or an email and just say, hey, I just want you to know, like, I've experienced this, too and even not just the exact same thing, but other people who were grieving other and going through other types of struggle, just saying like, I see you struggling and and I'm struggling too. And and we're in this together like that. That was so powerful um, to have that community surrounding us and to, to know that people would be with us even in our struggle. And I'm, I'm a perfectionist. So it is very hard for me to, share struggle, and I think I have spent a lot of my life trying to avoid struggle and seeking perfection, and this was such a great reminder to me that there is so much love and support when you're willing to be vulnerable and share your struggle.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I could not agree more, and I think you articulated this experience so beautifully, and I think it's what a lot of people feel that they're unable to pinpoint what they're feeling, I hear from a lot of women that feel either in themselves, like, I don't, especially if they lose the baby earlier on, like, well, I didn't even have that much time. I wasn't that far along. Or they try and justify why they should feel better than they're feeling, and they're still struggling, and they don't get it, why, or they don't feel entitled to really grieve Mm -hmm. something they've barely had, quote unquote, barely had in their life. But what you're saying is is so powerful. And I think especially for people who have not gone through such a loss and have not experienced the exact emotions that you feel when you go through a, a miscarriage, it really helps it really helps to have that perspective of what someone else is going through so that you can still show up. You can write that date on your calendar and the next year remember it. It really helps to know that just because it's been three months, it doesn't mean that life is just snapped back to normal for that mom just because some time has passed, right? There's no prescribed way to go through this. and But I think that's really interesting saying that you didn't have memories or associations or i had kelsey nixon on the podcast and she um had a baby prematurely and he lived 30 days and as hard as that loss was um she did have 30 days worth of kind of memorizing his face and Mm -hmm. holding him and so when people say tell me about leo which is a question she really appreciates um she had something to say. And so I think for for you and for others in your boat, it does leave us more like what do what do we say? So was there anybody that did say things that were helpful um for you because you don't want to just ignore it because it does matter. It is significant. So um I remember
1: I so I lost my uncle um a few years ago in a really tragic accident and maybe about a few months after we lost Owen, my aunt was over, um, visiting and, you know, this was kind of her first time meeting my son and, um, we were just, my whole family was there and she was meeting all of the, all of the kids. And she just kind of pulled me aside and said, Hey, I, I, it's so wonderful to see. Um, and I think I was already pregnant with my daughter at this point. So, cause I got pregnant with her pretty quickly after, after we lost Owen, but she pulled me aside and said, you know, I know that, you know, your, your kids are beautiful. I'm so happy you're pregnant again. I just wanted, I didn't want to not acknowledge, um, your loss. And I just wanted to let you know, like I, I, I know that you have lost something and I know that that's hard and I just wanted to acknowledge that. Mm. And that was all she said, but that was so powerful because, you know, we did get pregnant really quickly after we lost Owen and, um, it seemingly, and even if you look at our family now, our kids are close together. Like you wouldn't necessarily know that I lost a baby in between them. Um, you know, life does go on, but for her to take the time to acknowledge just just to say that. Like I just wanna acknowledge and acknowledge you and acknowledge that you have lost someone and I just wanted to take the space for that. That was so helpful to me because people don't always do that. And I myself have been guilty about about that. Like you don't wanna bring it up. You don't wanna you don't know if they want you to bring it up. Um, you don't know if it'll make them sad. Um And that was so powerful. And I, I think she knew to do that because she had grieved herself. She had grieved her husband. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's another thing that I've realized about grief is you just have, everyone grieves in a different way and you just have to let it all be okay. So even if you're not saying something like let them be angry, let them be sad, um, let them talk about who they have lost or ask them if they want to and just let whatever it is be okay Mm -hmm. um, because everybody's
0: gonna need different things at different times. Thank you. Yeah, I think that is brilliant what she said and I think when we do have these life experiences that give us access to a group perhaps we have never wanted to be a part of but you are by default now you have walked a road that then you can contribute to and and you just get it more than other people who have not been through that. And so I think it is mm-hmm. all of our responsibilities when we've experienced a certain life event or experienced certain emotions deeply that we can empathize with others walking that and we need to show up for those people because there's other people that feel far less equipped, they're going to shy away. And if you're left feeling isolated in your grief and by the the event and everything, there's no worse feeling and i love i think the tendency can be especially if you were already pregnant after the loss the tendency can be like okay well then there's the band-aid like we're good now right like now we have the, the the good outcome no 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 and i've and i've heard it i've heard other people say they've received comments like that like well once you get pregnant it'll be better or whatever a new child is never a replacement for a lost baby or child. There's never there's never a one for one swap out and like, okay, now I'm good to go, because now this is no, 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 no. And I but I hear that a lot, you know, and I'm sure you got some comments like that too. So I think it's really important to be mindful of just because things have come to fruition that that would result in growing your family or joy again or whatever, healing, whatever it is, it doesn't undo the past and the trauma and the loss i wanted to thank another show sponsor and that is grove collaborative i'm sure you've heard of grove but the reason that i am so excited about talking about them today is because i am committed to bringing less toxic products into my home Grove Collaborative is an online marketplace that delivers natural cleaning, beauty, and personal care products directly to your door. Grove makes finding healthy, affordable, effective products easy and convenient, and they're delivered straight to your door. It doesn't get easier than that. While they definitely carry brands that you have heard of and that you trust, like Mrs. Meyers and others, they also have their own Grove-made products that you can't find anywhere else that I have absolutely loved, like their Soy Lavender Candle. It smells so good, and I feel great about burning it in my home. We know you're busy, and that's why Grove delivers straight to you with flexible refill orders. You never have to worry about running out of things like your daily essentials. So, of course, they're going to have a special deal for my listeners. Are you ready? For a limited time, when listeners go to grove.co slash eep, you'll get a free five-piece gift set from Mrs. Myers and festive holiday scents like peppermint or Iowa pine. Go to grove.co slash eep to get this exclusive holiday offer. grove.co slash eep Don't enter the stores if you don't have to this holiday season. And let Grove take the guesswork out of cleaners that you can feel good about. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Jamie.
1: Yeah, and even, I mean, having a pregnancy after a loss is just a really scary thing. Because something else that, that happens when you lose a baby is all of a sudden this, you know, pregnancy and... And growing your family is, you expect it to be this beautiful thing. And then when you lose a baby, all of a sudden you're awakened to the reality that just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you're going to get a baby.
0: Mm.
1: And just the fragility of that life, it's terrifying you, because so many things can go wrong, and really, I mean, it it does help you appreciate how much of a miracle babies are, um, and 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 how much of a miracle our bodies are um, to grow them and nurture them. Um, but nine months is a really long time to to be constantly worrying, and I just remember like counting down the days to the appointments, and um, we were actually really blessed to have the The doctor who had been with us um, towards the end of our pregnancy with Owen, and she was in the hospital with us when we lost him, and she was our um, doctor the whole time we were pregnant with Bixby, and she was just so wonderful um, to care for me during that time, and and um, just help me with my anxiety and all these all of these things. Um, because it's such a scary time. It is so, so, so scary.
0: Yeah, I cannot imagine that. Um, And here you're supposed to be feeling joy, and people would assume, like, you're pregnant. We're good. Like, this is great. Things are going well. Each new appointment, like, you're getting closer. Great. But it doesn't just go away. It doesn't just go away. And so what was that like holding Bixby once she was finally in your arms, safely... Safely home. What did that feel like after such a tumultuous few years?
1: I mean, it was, it was beautiful. She did have a bit of a traumatic entry into the world. She was born five weeks early. She was fine, thankfully. But just being able to, to see her and to hold her and to know that she was alive and, just how precious she was. It was such, it such a gift. It is such a gift. Um, because it's, you know, knowing that it's not a guarantee, um, nothing is a guarantee. And I would, I am, and I was then so grateful to have her be, be on the outside of my body where it felt like a little bit, I had a little bit more control about taking care of her.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A question that I used to ask many, many episodes ago was what would you tell your pre-motherhood self and especially going through what you've been through? I mean, motherhood in general shifts your perspective dramatically, but especially when you have unique circumstances like yours, how did that shift your perspective on motherhood and what advice would you give yourself going back five, even 10 years as you were looking forward to motherhood? Yeah, this is such a good question because
1: I had a lot of opinions. Um, <laughs> I babysat a lot and I thought I had it all figured out about how to be the best parent. And I think what I realized is motherhood is very hard. It is you are um, sacrificing your body, your time, your everything. But it is so worth it um, there there is no such I've heard you say this on the podcast before like there's no such thing as a perfect mother and it doesn't make sense to pursue that mm-hmm. um, That's not the goal but it is such a wonderful gift just to be able to see these humans um, that you're raising and that are becoming, people and developing personalities and they have interests and things that they're good at. And, and to watch that, um, it's so worth all of the hard things and even experiencing loss. Yes. I, I mean, I, of course, I wish that that wasn't a part of my story, but I, I think that when we see our children as gifts, um, even, even if I only, got to carry Owen for 16 weeks. Like that was still a gift um, that I had. I was the only one who, who got to experience him the way that I did. Um, And I would just tell myself like, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be what you picture. It's not going to be this perfect, pretty picture, but it's going to be so much better, even though it is really, really hard.
0: I think uh, a lot of us underestimate, especially if we've babysat a lot or we think, oh, we got this, like we're type A, like we can, we can work ourselves into any outcome. Like that's kind of my life prior to motherhood. So much to my (laughs) surprise, my first baby would not stop crying for six months. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I've never not had something come as a result of me taking action. I just don't get it. So, (laughs) oh, what fun. Oh, what fun. Hey everyone, wanted to thank our final show sponsor and that is Skylight Frames. So Christmas is right around the corner and I know that you're thinking of somebody you want to give a really special gift to but maybe they already have everything or you want to be really sentimental and you just don't know what to do. I cannot recommend Skylight Frame enough. If you don't already know what it is, Skylight Frame is a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere, and it's a digital frame. You can set it up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. You plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. Sending photos to Skylight is effortless, You can always update it, so whether it's your grandparents who are always asking for new pictures of your kids, whether it's your spouse who's busy at work, and you can send them new photos of what the kids are doing at home, Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touch screen, and you can just swipe through the photos with your finger, and you can even tap to thank the person who sent the photo. They're 100% satisfaction guaranteed frames. And if you don't love it completely, they'll offer you a full refund. I am preloading it with some of my favorite photos from my grandparents this Christmas. And I'm so excited to see them just bowl over. (laughs) They're just going to be blown away by this technology. And I cannot wait. So now's a special holiday offer. You can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter promo code MOMS. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter promo code MOMS. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code MOMS. Thanks so much to Skylight Frame for sponsoring the show. Now let's finish up my conversation with Jamie. So all of your life experience and everything led you to developing this planner. It's called the Agave Planner. Tell me about this product you've developed. I have one in my hands right now. It is beautiful. It is utilitarian. It is practical, and it really helps you to not just track what's going on during the day, but it helps you to envision where you want to go. Tell about the plan that you came up with for the Agave Planner. Where did that originate?
1: So I actually started, um, working on, well, I've always been an obsessive planner. I'm my husband always teases me because every three months I would have a new whole new planning system. And, um, Mm -hmm. I've just always been obsessed with planning and with planners. And so after I had Nels and I was going back to work, um, I had the idea to create a planner, um, because, I couldn't find a planner that had both the daily tools that I needed to organize my day um, and keep track of of everything and also had the goal setting and the intentionality pieces um, that I really wanted to include in there because I really wanted to be intentional and especially being a new mom and being a new working mom I was really struggling to find my identity again um I think that um you know when you first become a mom and all of a sudden all your attention goes to this little thing that needs you (laughs) so much it is so it feels so selfish to do anything for yourself even if that's just like taking a shower or eating those yeah. basic things feel, um, so hard. And so I was creating a planner that really was, was going to help moms, um, find their identity, uh, um, their new identity as a mother, but also as a person. Um, but it just, it felt kind of flat, like it wasn't, it wasn't working. And so I, I put it aside for a while. And then when we lost Owen, um, another, another way that we grieved him was we wanted to plant something like a tree or something to memorialize him, um, something that could live on. And we were researching and trying to find the right plant and we came across agave plants. And what is really special about agaves is that um, they bloom once in their life and the the blooming is actually the cause of their death. And we thought, oh, like what a perfect symbol of our little Owen, like he had such a short life, but it was a beautiful life. And um, so we decided to get an agave. And then when we went to the store um the lady was telling us more about agave plants and what she told us was that um in the blooming and flowering and ultimately dying of the agave they actually leave behind um a bunch of little baby plants so even though they die Um, They actually keep living on because this life cycle just keeps continuing and life comes out of their death. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that was the symbol of the agave just became kind of our beacon during our grieving process because that... I clung to that promise that life comes from death, and that life would come out of this death that we had experienced. And so, I started doing this daily practice um, based off of of the agave plant, where the life cycle of the agave, where I would daily, you know, acknowledge the the good things that were happening in my life, acknowledge the, the things that were giving me life and, and have gratitude for those, but also acknowledge the struggle that I was facing each day. Um, and then through that gratitude and acknowledging the struggle, I would set an intention for every day. Mm. And um, this is what got me through my, my grief, because every day it forced me to find joy, um, because I really, really believe that no matter how dark or hard your life is, that there is something, um, that you can be grateful for. Maybe it's super, super small, but there is something, um, and then the, it also helped me because it, it allowed me to acknowledge what I was struggling with in that day, you know, what, how was my grief playing out in that day? Mm -hmm. And then to set an intention so that I felt like I was finding purpose, um, in finding purpose in each day and that I was living with intention towards that purpose and towards, um, the life that, that I feel I'm called to. And I think what, um, what this really helped, what my grief and what losing Owen, and then in going through this daily practice, I, I call it the daily agave practice. What it helped me realize is that um, I had been my whole life um, avoiding struggle, seeking perfection, and all of a sudden, you know, I had this experience in in. Um, a miscarriage that I could not control and it wasn't the perfect life that I envisioned and I was struggling, but I was choosing to believe that this struggle was the path to growth and the path to my purpose. So I no longer believed that, um, the goal of life was to avoid struggle, but I was believing, and I, I still believe this, so strongly to this day that the path to your purpose is through your struggle. Mm-hmm. And so I put those tools in, into the planner. And the purpose of the planner is to help anyone. Maybe your struggles are big, like grief, or maybe they're small, like trying to keep your children alive. That is a very real struggle mm-hmm. um, or you know, trying to just manage the, the daily tasks of life. Um, but I really believe that by acknowledging the struggle that we're facing, we can set intentions and live an intentional life that will lead us towards our purpose. So in every planner, you know, there, um, there are tools to help you do that. And and that is really my hope, um, that by using these tools, um, people will be able to find and live their purpose.
0: Well done. Well, well done. It is so awesome. And I'm a paper planner person still. I have tried to go digital and I just come back to the paper planner and there's just something about handwriting out things. Um, I started therapy again recently and as I was preparing for therapy, I thought, okay, well, I want to write down kind of the things I want to address and things and and even just the act of writing those things down and getting those spinning thoughts out of my head onto paper. I'm like, oh, do I even need to go to therapy now? Because like I can see it so much clearer (laughs) now and yes, I still need therapy, but it just, there's just so much to that. And so if that is a daily practice where you are, you know, writing down whatever it is and getting it out of your brain, whether it's the to-dos, whether it's your appointments, whether it's goals, things like that, it can help you so much. And as part of the intake interview um, with this new therapist, they said like, how much is your anxiety affecting your day-to-day? And I said, it's there all the time. And she said, how are you able to get things done? Or how are you able then to function during the day? And I said, I just get started. And once I get started, I I feel like up front, I don't have the motivation. And I'm being kind of weighed down by this anxiety. But then once I just start the momentum and move and get up and get out of bed and wash my face and get dressed, it just snowballs into actually living my life. And I think if you're in a stage of grief or a season of grief, I think if you're struggling having just moved and you're in a new place where everything's unfamiliar and you're struggling that way, whether you're an empty nest or whatever it is, where you're feeling just like weighed down by that next step, I think this is such a smart way to get these things down on paper in a planner like the Agave planner. And get it out and know what you need to do next and then just get started. You know, you don't have to ignore the feelings. You don't have to whatever, but there's just so much that can be said for just doing the next thing. You don't have to do all the things, but what's the next thing and get started. That's been a really huge help for me too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like there's something so powerful
1: in writing things down. And and that's one of the big reasons why part of, the daily agave practice and, and it's written right there in the planner is to write down your struggle because when it lives inside our head, it can grow and fester and control us, um, in ways that we aren't even aware of, but by getting it out and putting it on a piece of paper, you see it and you're almost able to think like, Oh, well that's a silly thought or, Um, or I don't, I don't need to own this anymore. Like I can let it just live on this paper and acknowledge that it's there and then move towards that action. And that's the most important thing because if we just live in our head all of the time and and we don't take that action, even just small action, that's the best thing to do. Just take that one little step Mm -hmm. because a bunch of little steps
0: added up get you really far. Yes. You'd yes. Just one step at a time. And you'll make zero progress when you make zero movement. At least right. one step forward is movement, right? And so it doesn't matter how much movement you you get to and how, how far you progress towards your goal. It's the fact that you're incrementally getting there. Um, but it starts with one small step and you really do start to feel better. I'm like, well, how do I feel better? when I feel so terrible, <laughs> you know? Like when I don't yeah. have the energy to do the things, how do I get the things done then? And really, it's 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 in our head. It's We're not physically unable to do these things even when it feels like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. We, yeah. we can do the things. We just have to believe we have that power within us because we are strong and capable and extraordinary beings that can handle just about anything as long as we're still given our breath and our bodies. Yeah. Right. So I love it. Where can people find this planner and where can they find out more and follow you online as well, Jamie? So the planner is on Etsy. If you just, um,
1: search agave planner on Etsy, it'll show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I hang out mostly on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is just at Jamie Kugelberg. Um, kugelberg's just spelled how it's how it sounds
0: (laughs) um but they can find me on instagram perfect and i'll link to everything at extraordinarymomspodcast.com really if you're looking for a new planner where and i like that it's not predated for you you get to fill in the dates for the week so let's say you're really good about using it for a few weeks if you stop it's not like you're just going to have a chunk of blank pages just redate it once you resume So I love that aspect. You can start any time of the year, and it's not a waste. So I think that's super cool. And then you have um, gratitude practices, your struggle, your intention you're writing down, and some goal check-ins, and plenty of room to write notes. I mean, it's just great. And it's spiral bound, so it lays flat. I just love it. I think it's so smart, Jamie. Way to go. Thanks. (laughs) It's fantastic. Well, Jamie, this has been a really enlightening conversation. I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to to share some of the hardest parts of your life with us. I know there's going to be people listening that feel a little less alone in maybe their grief if they've walked a similar path to you. And even if they have not, like I have not, walked, walked that road, just being able to support others who have experienced a loss like miscarriage Or just having empathy for others in general because we all have something. And there's a lot going on beneath the surface that we do not see. And so being mindful and checking in with people and helping people to just feel seen and loved and valued. It just, it's it's what we're here for. It really is. So I always ask my guests one final question. And it's the purpose of this podcast. It's to acknowledge how extraordinary we truly are. That when we're showing up, doing our best, using our talents for good, for the benefit of others, and to fill our own lives, to reach our highest potential, we can do so much more with those gifts. So I want to know for you, Jamie, what is it that makes you extraordinary? I think what
1: makes me extraordinary is that I really have the audacity to dream big dreams for myself and to really believe that they can come true. And I, you know, I work hard to make them come true, but just that believing that big dreams are possible. Um, and I believe that for myself, but I also believe it for other people. I believe it for my husband. I believe it for my kids. And I, I really believe anybody, um, has the, the, agency to be able to make their dreams come true and that's my wish for myself and my wish for everybody in in the world that they would be able to believe that for themselves
0: i love that jamie thank you so much for sharing thank you for creating this beautiful planner and i hope everyone will go check it out thank you thank you thank you so much i hope you enjoyed jamie's story as much as i did If you have suffered a loss, um, a miscarriage, or another type of loss, I'm sure you can relate to the emotions and the grief and the processing process that she went through. And even if you haven't walked that road like I have not, it really helps to hear these stories so I can have more compassion and understanding when people that I know go through something like this. Then I can show up better for them because I have had this behind-the-scenes look at what they actually need from their friends, how we can actually support them, what we should say or not say, things like that. Our stories do not have to be identical in circumstances in order to be able to understand the emotions of different life experiences. And to learn from one another. So, thanks, Jamie, for sharing. I would love, love, love for you to check out her agave planner. I've linked that over at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. And she's been kind enough that she actually gave us a coupon code for 10% off. So, if you go to her Etsy shop, you can get 10% off an agave planner with the code EMP10. Again, that's linked over at our website. So, that's all there. You can follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and I would love for you to follow me as well if you don't already. My handle is Jessica dahlquist 3 or over at Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks again to our show sponsors, Bloom, Grove Collaborative, and Skylight Frame. I hope you'll take advantage of those special deals they have going on for our listeners. I'm so grateful to all of you, and I hope that you will tune in next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.